With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Certainly say that 
So I certainly would say that my experiences of life in general from childhood all the way through young adulthood has formed who I am as an individual and as a person. Um, I didn't get into the counselling career straight away. I got into it in later adulthood. So it isn't something that developed straight away. Just the, the opportunity just didn't come in my path to get onto that. Um, so I had a kind of life-changing moment where I got to a point where I was fed up with doing stuff that I didn't particularly enjoy in the sort of retail management kind of environment and industry. So I just thought, why am I not doing what I need to be doing in life and doing work that's going to give me joy and make a difference for people? So I kind of did a complete U-turn and went for youth work and counselling and found myself in work that I value and it, it impacts me greatly to make a difference in people's lives, whether it be children's life through informal education with young people, or whether it's um, counselling or working one-to-one with people with their most intimate thoughts and feelings. I mean, it's a complete honour to be with another human being in a really natural, present way. It, it's not just catch up for coffee. We're not talking about the weather. We're talking about real, real people's lives that they're stuck in, specifically with the counselling. It's about talking to people that are stuck, that really need support for having a happier and healthier life. But when, again, getting people to open up, I'm sure there are some, I know a few people that have uh, counseled once retired, and those who counseled for a decade, but only a few people. Getting that, uh, getting them to feel that trust, and even though they're coming obviously voluntarily, but they to get them to open up is ultimately a real gift to create that safe space. I don't know. You tell me. Well, I always think that it will depend. Each human being is a very unique individual person with their own story. So some people feel comfortable straight away, and some people don't feel comfortable straight away. It takes time to develop that trust. And, you know, if, if somebody really doesn't want to work stuff and they're not ready to work as a therapist, it's not going to happen. You know, it is really in having that conversation, maybe you're not ready for this. Maybe you should come back when you are ready. Because um, you have to, it, it's about a work agreement, it's a work alliance. I can be there for you wholeheartedly, but you need to want to be here as well. You can't, you know, it's you bring the horse to the water, but you can't make it drink. It has to be an agreement of two people wanting to work together through the process. It's it's not me, it's me and the person. If you don't mind, I'm going to share a very personal experience, um, and this was probably, I don't know, 40, 40, wow, efforts 40 years ago. I had um, some memories of childhood uh, sexual abuse were surfacing. Uh, yeah, there was a whole movement I know that said that recovered memories don't exist. And the way I described it, Joanna, is that if I went to my grandmother was living, I went to see my grandmother and up in the attic I saw a box of albums, you know, these albums. I'm 
be part of somebody's life and hopefully changing and unfolding and good things coming and movement and growth. You know, that's, that's, that's the value really in the work. And that's for me where I changed what I did and said, why am I doing stuff that means nothing to me, that doesn't fill my soul up, that I don't wake up feeling good? I'm not interested about all the sort of numbers and the zeros and selling aspects of stuff. I want to do something that I feel good about. So youth work and counselling, it can be, I mean, I think youth work is usually more challenging than, than I would say therapy is because therapy I work with adults and 95% of the time the adults are all wanting to be there and ready to be there so you're already starting in a place of two adults coming together whereas when you work in a youth work setting and you've got young people you might have young people that come from hardship or who have experienced neglect difficulties in life, they're coming to the youth project, you know, number one, to have fun and to relax as well, and they're also learning and growing from that experience, and the youth workers end up embodying sort of healthy parenting roles, you know, and part of being a healthy parent or having that kind of role is saying, no, you can't do that, and putting boundaries down. Um, but, you know, if you're doing your job solely 
you know, an ounce of happiness is complete sheer misery. And it really is kind of thinking, hang on a minute, do I need, do I need all that extra cash and um, joy in my life? Because life is a gift. We do not know when our number is up. It is one of those things, if I can guarantee, definitely guarantee, we're all going to die one day. You know, it happens. And the one thing is that none of us really know when that time is going to happen. If we're sick and we're unwell, then we know that that time might be closer. If we get older, we know that that time might be closer. But we don't really know. We don't have that information. And we cannot control it either. Thank you. Talking with Joanna Moore.com. Joanna E-A Moore, M-O-O-R-E.com. Of course, we've got links up. You can go directly to the site. The, and I appreciate how in-depth you talked about that, Joanna. I know we were talking, if you don't mind, before I about trying to keep on track and that this is on track. It, because now it, it's, I, I love hearing the background of someone that wrote something that's so important as love is the gift supporting children through bereavement. You, the inspiration, and if they go to your website, you can read about the author, about the inspiration to write love as a gift. Do you mind sharing that? So there's, a, there's a couple of reasons behind it. Um, one of the inspirations was somebody very dear to me passed away, and she was like a surrogate mother, grandmother, she she was family to me, so um, and she passed away, she passed away as an old lady and passed away very well, I think, so there was no um, there was no sadness in the sense, there was no sense of acceptance, but actually she had a good life, and I felt very blessed to be part of that life and she treated me like her own child, although I was not her blood so she went, um, she meant a lot to me. So the feelings and the heart of the grief, I think she was very significant in my emotions of when I was writing Love is the Gift. And since the age of, I would say, between the age of three and ten years old, I had already lost um, four significant family members. Um, so I'd experienced grief as a child. So it's something that we, most of us, have experienced or will experience at some point in our life. I mean, I know that statistically the Childhood Bereavement Network says in the UK that it's one out of 20 children um, in the UK who have lost a parent by the time they're 16. And we're not even adding on their grandparents, we're not adding their other family members, other friends, close friend network. That's just a parent. So, you know, it's, it's a real, real subject. And people are so scared to talk about death because usually I think adults haven't come to terms with death in their mind. There's such great fear about talking about it that they're so uncomfortable to talk about it with children. And yes, it's painful. Yes, you know, we do grieve. You can't take the grief away. But it's really about the process of grief and giving space to do it in a way that is healthy so that you can heal from it. 
then before I kind of lose the point as well, that I also live with a life-threatening condition called Addison's disease, which is very rare. Um, so I'm going to mention the name of my condition because I know that any Addisonian that might be listening to this might go, yes, somebody that knows the condition that I live with. Um, and there isn't enough spoken about it. But so. And it's life threatening. Um, it's life threatening. It's life threatening. I'm steroid dependent. Um, so if I don't take steroids, I die. So if my medication supply. If we went to war and I couldn't get my medicine, that would be me done, basically. And I have to up steroids, so if I hurt myself or I have severe stress, um, I can go, or if I break my leg, I can go all fever or anything kind of like that. Chicken pox can send me straight away to out of this world, basically. I can die from it. So... I'm high risk. Um, I mean, hopefully I'll be around for a really long time and I'll be sticking around for a really long time, but obviously, because I live with this condition, all the other factors that wouldn't affect most people, like breaking their leg or spraining their ankle, can put me into crisis and I can, I can die from it. So I have two children that, you know, I need to be honest about that. I want them to know how I feel about them. I want them to feel comfortable about talking about death with me, that this is a subject that we can talk about, because if I'm not here, then they can't have that conversation with me. And I'm constantly hearing um, in schools, in places, not even in the, not only in the work setting of youth work and uh, in counselling, but I'm always hearing about somebody's parent has just died of cancer, somebody's parent has died unexpectedly, they were only 47 years old and they left four children behind, you know, or a child passing away and a whole family and siblings unexpectedly. So these things do happen, so ignoring them doesn't make it disappear. So I think the inspiration is not only to write a book that supports people, um, and supports children and supports the relationship between caregiver and parent and child to have somewhere to talk about anger, sadness, whatever you might be feeling. Um, but, but it's also to kind of say, hey, why aren't these books part of children's bookshelves? Why, why aren't they just there for us to pull down and go, okay, today we're going to talk about, you know, it doesn't have to be only about being grateful in life and being kind. Yes, there's a wonderful things to offer children, you know, but let's talk about the real things. Actually, how does your child feel about death? What are their thoughts about them? Do they have fears? You know, where does that, where do those feelings go if nobody ever talks about them? It, it's almost easier to have that conversation before somebody's died or before somebody's got sick so that you have the grounds to talk about it. That makes it makes sense, sense. <laughs> Joanne, it makes perfect sense to me. Uh, again, uh, something I've mentioned before in the show, maybe too many times where your listeners will know. Um, my father died just over 30 years ago. And I, I had a tumultuous relationship. I made love and miss him. It was difficult. 
Charles Reed was not born on the philosophy of just challenging. I'll say that. Yet being grieving for him, I, I'll, I still remember what my mom said uh, coming home from the hospital when he died. I mean, the beatings and losing of her mom. She said, We never, my dad's name was Sam. She said, Sammy and I never thought we would die. Of course, she didn't mean they thought they were immortal. Of course, that she didn't think they never had the conversation. They just avoided it, never talked about it. Uh, and then you're left with, I don't know what. And again, that's adults. I think for kids, how important love is the gift. Understanding for, for kids. Again, adults can go a lot of different places. Kids can't. To, to my, and that's what I love about your book. You know, it opens up. By the way, beautifully, certainly beautifully written and beautifully illustrated also. Thank you. Thank you. I, I think, you know, the thing is that love is the gift won't be for everybody. It's, it's, it's an option. And like I said, every human being is individual and different. And the grieving experience for every human being is going to be different. Whether depending on the relationship that you have with the person, the age that they died, how they died, you know, there's such a pick and mix of feelings, and that's why, you know, children are the same, they're going to have a pick and mix of feelings towards people. There might be somebody that died that they didn't particularly like that much, or the last thing that they said wasn't particularly nice, and that's they're struggling with. So... And I think that's the thing is that if the adults are not talking about it, adults are so resistant to ever talking about death like it's never going to happen. There's an assumption that you are granted to live until old age and that's how it works. I get to retire and then I can go fishing and have a great time and read the books that I want. But that's not love. Life is a gift. It really is a gift. And, you know, I can't. I know that everywhere is banging on about live life in the moment, enjoy life, be present in life. But it's so true. Be present. I think my condition makes me grateful to be alive. It doesn't mean that I have wonderful days every single day, but it certainly makes me feel grateful to be alive. And it certainly makes it a lot easier for me to think, actually, I need to have these conversations with children, especially mine. Especially yours, and again, but you gifted it out to the world because people can get the book. And I, I obviously highly recommend it, uh, having read it and uh, again beautifully illustrated. And how you focus with the kids, obviously, is for kids. You're very good. You're able to at their level. And very yeah. I'm, you know, I am such a big child. Of being a youth worker going rock climbing. I mean, Julie McDonaldson is one of a lovely wine book writers for children, and I think I keep her books not only because the children love it, but because I love them as well. So I'm a complete great fan. Um, but, you know, I think wine makes things softer, and this is about giving something that can be soft, that can be not scary, that, that can be pleasant to read through. And it might not be for everybody because, you know, some people will say they want something a lot cleaner.
here obviously it's in rhyme so it, you, it, it, that's how it flows and you know depending on how people feel um, you know I do make uh, there is a little sections in the book that talks about spirits and the heavens above so that might not work for certain families and, and I completely appreciate that so I certainly don't go look as the gift is for absolutely everybody it's something that will work for a lot of people but you know by all means if it's not right for you and it doesn't fit the needs of your family and doesn't fit the needs of your children then then, then it's not the right book for you and, and also we think you know if you if you have children that are autistic and are on the spectrum it might not be because they will need clear language to explain things so it certainly isn't a book for absolutely everybody i would always encourage adults to read it first that's, that's so that they're, they're, they know the story and then to read it with their children reflect as an adult what does death mean to me how do i feel about it you know i'm a strong believer that children should see how we feel they learn how to self-regulate by us showing them how we regulate ourselves and it's not real if we run around pretending that we don't feel or we're not sad it's not the reality of life life is a pickle mix of variation of different things so if you're going to push all your feelings to the inside of your very deepest pandora's box of your body you know it will find a way out eventually it always does in some form or another said that or have said for a number of years you deal with it whatever it is or it will deal with you and maybe that sounds harsh to some people but that's 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 how i feel and better for you to deal with it as opposed to pop up somewhere somehow the ether or whatever i've got to say joanna would i love when you wrote uh, on in your website on about the author for me love is the only true gift in this life, a gift that should be celebrated and shared. It's beautifully, beautifully written. And when you talk about the, the importance, again, the importance of talking about it, if you can, prior to losing someone. And I, the fact that you focus on kids with this book is wonderful. There certainly are a lot of things written about grief, as there should be, regarding adults. There, there is, there is a lot around uh, grief for, for, for adults, but for children, I mean, there are books out there. I'm not saying that there are not books out there, but there isn't, there isn't much because people are really scared to talk about it. They really feel so many adults haven't come to terms with where they're at, with their, how they feel about death until they're impacted, you know, and shocked and suffer as yeah. a result of it, you know. And grief, there is a lot of pain in grief, and it is a very difficult road, and some of those parts are harder than others. You know, there is, I can certainly be at peace of losing the person that I lost that was one of the inspirations, because for me, we had a good life. I feel like it can be celebrated. I feel 
she thought was her girlfriend, and she had another girlfriend, and they, they beat her, and they were trying to, um, uh, they were trying yeah. to uh, just, and she said, please don't say to me, part of God's plan, that my daughter, yeah. you know, and then thinking it through, that my daughter was, you know, that it was horrific. Yeah, I'm, I mean, when I, uh, when I heard that, I was like, you know, it hurt me. It, I don't even know who this woman is, but it just, to think of how much suffering and pain she has gone through just to, to know that this is how her daughter died, you know, and then somebody to say, this is the will of God. It, it's like, to me, that is really careless, unthoughtful, and actually quite cruel. Actually, I agree. Quite so, you know, those kinds of comments are the comments that really kind of sit not comfortably in my stomach. But, you know, I think sometimes people might slip and say, I know how you feel, you know. That, and that's not maybe what they're trying to say. Maybe they're trying to say, I can really see how you're hurting at the moment. And I, 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 I know that pain. You know, how can I help you? What can I do to support you? What do you need from me? Everybody's pain is different. Everybody's unique. just to be there. I'm sorry, go ahead. I think it's just the difference between somebody maybe saying the wrong thing but trying to be helpful, you know, and that we can be accountable and saying, actually, that, that doesn't work for me. That's quite painful, you know, because you don't know how I feel. You haven't lost your child. The, the, uh, talking about child loss, the, the, I have Sandy Peckinpah, who's written at the, the back of my book. She's an American author, and she's written a few books. She's also been a mentor because I joined the Art and Craft of Writing and Publishing um, with uh, Mark Allen from New World Libraries. And she, she's amazing. She was a mentor, and she did a book on how to survive the worst that can happen, which is done on social media and Children's Rape Awareness Group. Because, obviously, I don't... Which it is now, Children's Grief. Yeah, now, this is, this is the last day of Children's Grief Awareness Week. And, you know, when there is a child grieving, there is also adults, other people grieving. There may be siblings that are grieving. There are adults grieving. So I kind of put a selection of group that books out, you know, to not only about children's grief awareness, but to support the people around them because supported adults can support children. You know, we can't just forget about we need to forget it. We need to remember everybody. I think that's the thing in life is that we can't forget people. We need to remember everybody because Healthy adults that are supported can in turn support children. You know, it's children need the support from the adults around them. That's who's there to, to, to guide them, to help them self-regulate, to support them. Um, and Sandy Peckinpah wrote this book quite some time ago because she lost her son. So whenever I offer this book to somebody that I know, I always do it with a very sore heart because it's somebody that's lost their child. And that's really a difficult thing to digest. So I think, you know, Children's Grief Awareness Week, it really is about kind of making people see that not talking to children about it 
it makes it a little bit easier to digest for the adult and for the child. And I think with this is that the grandmother is dying in the story and eventually she does die. And, you know, children do go through that. They do have family members that have cancer that might survive with cancer for years and slowly they see a decrease in their health and their ability to do things. So it gives you the opportunity to have those difficult conversations about what is actually going on. Why is there sadness? Why is there a change in atmosphere in the family camps? What is going on? Rather than just oh, pretending that nothing's happening and putting all those feelings into Pandora's box and going, right, I don't feel anything. We feel sure that it's going to come out some, somewhere, somehow. And again, I love Joanna, the ability to have it, as you say, the mermaids of thought and, and open for discussion. I mean, each page, I mean, I just very quickly, uh, one spring morning, uh, my mom came to me and started to teach me the cycle of the sea. Life has a sequence in all that it does, and it moves the source, the one we call God. And that's just so beautiful. Express so beautifully written. Thank you. Thank you. You wrote it. <laughs> Thank you, Joanne. You wrote it. And again, talking about how the kind of droplets of the sea again, I'm not going to obviously read the book, but it opens for so much discussion. You know, so I was thinking, I don't have little ones, I don't have grandchildren, etc. But to think about that, I didn't even think about and I have no excuses, maybe it's because I don't have grandkids, I don't have young kids, but this is what I think is so unique and beautiful about what you've done. It gives people the opportunity to have the discussion and let adults know that the kids are feeling, like you were saying earlier, they know something's up there. You certainly can't. I mean, depending on their age, of course, you can't assume that you just say, oh, that's okay, that's okay. You want them to have the discussion. You want to know their feelings. You need to, I think you need to hear what they're thinking. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I believe so. I'm not going to tell people how, how they should parent their children because that's, you know, each person has their way of doing things. I just think that I, I believe it's healthy to have those conversations and ask them, how they're feeling and just explore, have that opportunity to have that conversation because like I said, you don't know when that time's going to happen, when you can have that conversation and sometimes we, we don't have a choice in how life gives us the cards of what happens. So I, I think it's profoundly important to have conversations, of course age-appropriate conversations with children that they can digest for the right age group, you know, because when I, I, I've had a lot of adults who have lost their parents at a young age as children, you know, lots of people say, I wish I had this book when I was a child, it would have made a massive difference, you know, and the grief that so many adults who have lost their, lost their parents at a young age, you know, there is that, that's there's so many different stages of grief that they go through because, that, you know, depending on how young they are, they go through their first year of school, parents not here maybe, 
delegates would then have to go secondary school or when a big life event or if they get married and their parents are not here or there's not somebody to be the best man to walk me down the aisle or, you know, all of those things are really significant points in people's lives that when they've lost somebody they love, that's when they think about them. This is when I would have needed them. When I'm going through this crisis in my life, I could really do with having that parent to talk to or having that person that I care about to talk to. So, conversation, I think, is really important to be kind of had because the impact on grief, especially on children, it just doesn't get talked about. It's like, oh, they, they, they cope with it. You know, it's, it's like with adults. Everybody's like, are you okay? Is there anything I can do for you? And think the impact of when somebody's died, and then all of a sudden, a year down the line, nobody's asking you anything. And they usually say people are impacted by you year two, the worst, because everybody's still going off within their life, and they've got maybe that real sense of that missing space in their life that cannot be replaced. You cannot, you, you don't replace it. You have to learn how to live differently and to hopefully enjoy life again, but you don't replace the space that's missing. Uh, Joanna, when you say that, I, it makes me think of uh, a few songs. Uh, Ruth came riding, uh, Give Me Your Heart for a while, and the Tom Wright song, with someone missing at the table as, you know, in these days of that Thanksgiving coming up. Ball Black Christmas, uh, uh, Hanukkah, you know, whatever people are celebrating. And then there's the birthdays. And interesting because you always hear from the first birthday or the first holiday event. That may be for some the, the toughest, but as you say, the second year, you have to really, it takes a while to understand that they're, even for adults, that they're not coming back ever. In reference to my dad, when I was, uh, was it 30, 39, and I, I, driving home a couple of weeks later, uh, I started to tear up, I started to, to cry, just didn't realize I was thinking about it. And I thought, what's wrong with me? It's been two weeks already. And then I thought, for 39 years, for better or worse, it's been, it's been my life, how could I possibly think? After 39 years, in two weeks, that I would be, I'm going to do air quotes only, you're going to say better or have dealt with it. And it's a process. Uh, having lost a number of people, it's a process. It doesn't, there's no time frame, whatever. It could be, it may not be a holiday, it may not be a birthday. Um, just that their absence can impact you. So for children, again, what your book does is open for the discussion for children. And I, I understand difficult. I understand the difficulties around certain holidays. I know that's how I feel about my dad and my mom and, and others. At certain holidays, it doesn't, at times, in between those holidays or birthdays. I think the thing is that you don't really have a choice when those moments hit you. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's... Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Everybody reacts differently to how they feel, and it can just be a song that you hear in a moment, and it takes you somewhere. And it doesn't necessarily have to be take you to a sad place. It can take you to a happy memory, and you can find yourself bursting into tears. I think the thing is that it's, it's just about creating space for adults and for children to just say, it's okay. 
it's okay. You're allowed to feel that. You're, you know, it's okay. What you don't want is somebody to go, I would have probably been over it by now. Yeah, of You know, that, that's, that's the, what you don't want to hear. Actually, no, you know, maybe as you go through and you give yourself opportunities to cry or to grieve or to feel how you do or you feel angry or resentful or whatever it is that you're going through, just give yourself permission to actually feel that and allow it to, to, to come out of your body rather than stay inside you. It's just how you feel and it's certainly healthier to be able to introduce that space. I mean, therapy is all about being there and supporting people and allowing that pain that they have to come out. You know, and I, I do say to clients, you know, sometimes this is going to get hard before it gets easier, you know, because we are going to where you don't want to go. We are going where it hurts, you know. But it's because it's so trapped inside there, it's got nowhere to go. Which we're not going to anywhere. Please go ahead. We don't have a magic wand to change what had happened. You, you can't. If somebody's grown up in the world, you cannot take and say, forget it now, you're in a safe zone. Or, you know, if you've had a bad experience, if you've had sexual abuse, whatever, you cannot take that away. That is part of what's happened. It's just about giving people the space to not have to hold what they have inside them, but have a safe place to be connected with other people. I say that love is the most important thing. There is no greater feeling than when you feel love for somebody. You know, the, the, the feeling is, you cannot buy it. You cannot. It, it, is, it is priceless. You know, and, and that is a magical moment. So if you stop off and just take time to harness and enjoy that and be with that, whether it's with your children, with your friends, whoever, it is. If you can have that, then it's great. And sometimes it's really difficult for people to go there because there's hurt, there's anger, there's, there's stuff in between that gets all wrapped in. But having that, there is no greater experience than that. And it's scary for people. Some people really scared of that feeling because to feel it, you, you have to dare to use it. You know, we, we, when somebody we love passes away, when they're no longer with us and they die, it hurts because they, it means something to us. Thinking Lord of the Rings, they say, there's one little scene where it, one of the elves says to the other elf that's in love uh, with uh, a dwarf, and he says, you know it hurts because it's real. Yeah, it's real, very real. I've got a couple of emails. Um, are you good for a few more minutes? I know I've, got, I've already gone over the time that I told you. <laughs> so, it's such an important, personally, it's a joy talking with you, and I, I so enjoy when you talk, how you talk about love. This is really an important discussion. And uh, some one of the emails is about the gift, and this was on my list. Uh, but these talk about how wonderful it is. And, talking about, briefly, let's say, about giving this. I, I agree um, to a grandparent, to a parent, or 
someone is dying, just to be able to, what a wonderful gift to give for someone, some other, you know, uh, grandparents or parents that have kids to, to help. Also, I felt that it's good for the adult also to read this with the child because it's going to bring up feelings in them that they may not have thought about directly. But again, it's a gift. You're a gift to all of us by writing it, and I know you're getting great response to the book. What is the gift? And again, in Children's Grief Awareness Week, and I know when you and I were scheduling, really, we really wanted to make sure it was sometime this week, and I'm glad we're able to do it. What kind of response are you getting? You mentioned a few things. I'm getting really good response. I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm getting good response from adults where actually the book means something to them. And, you know, that, that's also coming from adults that haven't lost parents or people, significant others, when they were a child. I think because everyone loses somebody eventually, we, 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 none of us go through that, don't go through it, we all do. We're all, we're all somehow experts at this because we all go through it. Um, but it's been really positive and I've had really nice feedback and really warm, heartfelt feedback. It's been really sweet to see the response of some children, actually the excitement of the book, and it's really interesting to see how okay children are talking about death and how comfortable they are talking about grief. I know somebody that was very reluctant to show the book to their child because they were worried that it would overwhelm them and make them feel sad. And to her surprise, her child felt really creative and poetic afterwards. And it had completely the opposite effect and just made her want to go off and write poetry. Um, and I think that, that's really a lovely thing to hear because that's what I want to encourage, what I believe, is just to create healthy dialogue, not to take it away because you can't take it away, but just to create a space for healthy dialogue, you know, for it not to be so scary. You know, it's, it's a wonderful, you know, it's wonderful to be able to live life without fear, if you can, and people fear death. It's the biggest, biggest thing on the table that people are really frightened about, you know. So to have the opportunity to not fear death and to feel okay to talk about it and to be able to grieve, you know, is an opportunity. But it's difficult because everybody struggles with their thoughts and their feelings about death and it takes time for adults to process how they feel. So I certainly recommend adults, think about your feelings about death, process it, feel okay to talk about it, you know, not that, I think there's that fear that if I talk about it, it's going to happen, you know, I can guarantee you it will happen at some point, you know, you're not going to get away from it, but Actually, it's about having that conversation. Look, what, what if I do get sick or if I die, how do you want 
do you want a burial? Do, would you want to be cremated? It's having those conversations, you know, about knowing that you feel that you, you had clarity. You have people having arguments. Death always brings lots of arguments around and other people's thoughts and feelings. And I can understand that because everybody's charged with different emotions. But, you know, I think if we had clarity about talking about it, if we were talking about um, death the same way as we were talking about gratitude and being kind, then maybe it would be easier to deal with those feelings, not take them away. I'm not saying you can take the same away, but in giving a bit of hope in, in a world which we have, we have no control over. And we don't have any control. And when you say that about, like, such as final wishes, like, again, referencing uh, my parents, I, my dad had said to me shortly before dying that he wanted to be cremated, never said anything to my mom. My, and tradition, very, very quickly. And I had mentioned it to my mom, and she just, it was, day after he had died. I want to say she didn't want to hear it. She just negated it. That's not what we do, et cetera, et cetera. And I felt a sense of guilt that I didn't get my and, and, and not anger. My father should have had the discussion with my mother. We never talked about that. He tells me because so it doesn't. So all these years later, I think, oh, he wanted to be cremated. He did not. You see, not that it matters. But those, these discussions so, as you're saying, so important to have. Obviously, before you die, because once you're dead, you're not having the discussion then. You know, it's too late. And that's the thing is that everybody's waiting for tomorrow or somewhere down the line or maybe when I'm good and ready. You're never going to be good and ready to have these discussions. So if you have wishes, if you do want to discuss it, then it's having those conversations and I hear it's difficult but because you're confronted with something that you don't want to be confronted with but eventually somebody's going to be confronted with it so if you want to be cremated then let everybody know yeah. that put it in writing don't put it on just one person and then all of a sudden there's nothing you can do because everybody else has a different idea or the tradition or the religion has different objectives of how things are done you know, it, it makes it really difficult um, and painful as well because you're left in a situation where you're stuck, aren't you? Yeah. You're, you're stuck in a disagreement of what two people, one person's not here to have that voice. And we all have to be accountable, really. You know, as much as your father might have told you, he also had to be accountable. Oh, say, oh I agree, yeah. I, I should have, you know, maybe said something to mum. We should have had this conversation. And what's it going to be like if one of us is gone? Like, you know, what, what does that look like? I give you my blessing to get married to somebody else. Or, you know, that's a conversation. I want you to be happy. Or I know that in America you have a beautiful bird called the cardinal in some oh, areas. Yes, yeah. And yeah. There are a lot of people, it's gorgeous bird. Um, and a lot of people show have sort of thoughts and feelings of, of it, it being the spirit of a loved yes, one or yes, a death. Yes. 
say this again. I remember when a friend of mine's mom died and had an experience about it. What I thought at the time, I know this is going to freak some people out, I thought I saw I saw a squirrel turn into a cardinal. Now, I know they're going to probably call some people from the hospital now to come pick me up and call me. Pink slipped me into the hospital. But it was, and I was, at that point, I was walking to the cemetery where something about 
about clarity of conversation, there's clarity between people. I think even sort of the, the, the Dalai Lama says that, you know, if you live in your truest form of yourself with honesty, you live life happily because you are clear about your thoughts, your feelings, your intentions. So if you say how you feel, at least you're living in your truth. You're not pretending, yes, I'm fine, actually, but I'm not. I'm trying to step up a leg, you know, so that will do this. This is very ongoing, you know. But, but actually, you're not doing yourself any favors. Yes, you might be resilient for a certain amount of time, but that, where are you putting how you feel? If you, if you are honest and true about how you feel, you move from that point. And you feel freer. You feel more content within yourself, not carrying the weight. The same way as it's lovely to share good news with people and joy and happiness. And actually, you know what you said to me? It made my day. Thank you so much. You know, that's nice as well. That is going to be good stuff. We can, we can share the good as well. It doesn't have to be just the no and the negative. We can share the good. Actually, being here for me made a huge difference. And being available for people and, and, you know, keep saying to people when they know somebody, can I do something for you? Do you want to, don't stop just because they say no, they might not be there, but just them hearing you say that is just enough to feel connected with somebody, to feel that they haven't. So be, be within your internal self with people if you can do. It's, it's a much healthier place to be in. And it's a much nicer way to live your life. It's such a beautiful message. And again, Jordan, what you're saying about uh, you, you, you don't know what it might mean to someone else. You, you don't know. Um, something, like you're saying, even small, or just reminding them you're here. I mean, you know, for me, I know a couple of people that have you know, family members that are, are ill. And I'm not in a close circle. I know them. Say, you know, if you want to talk with someone outside of your circle, you may not want to, somebody that you see all the time, you may not want to share some things, or if you want to um, cry or, or just be listened to or, or whatever. Little things that might, um, you may not think are big deals, but they are to someone else. Just a little bit of kindness. I know what you're saying that, Joanna, it's just, for me, sometimes it's the, a small human interaction that I can even get teary about it. It's just a nice little connection that you make with somebody that you're never going to see, probably never going to see again, ever. But you had this connection, a, a kindness or something with each other. And it maybe didn't mean the same to them, but to me it, it meant the world. And so it was nice when I was having some difficult thoughts or whatever. Just simple reaching out with each other. It makes a massive difference in people's lives. Just a little bit of care, you know, if you can just get back in, in check and just do something kind. It's nice when it happens to us. It's nice when we can give it. And the feeling that we have from it is nice. And I never underestimate how that's experienced because most people really experience it really well. You know, you can, you can change a bad situation into a good situation once you bring it to a slightly more caring, loving space, then, then it, can, it can change things around. You know, I think people underestimate
great power of love. I think they kind of get sucked into thinking that this is a hippie thing and we can't yeah. love or whatever, you know, the, the rules that are around naked or whatever's going to happen, I don't know. But actually, it is so powerful. It's so powerful. And it's so healing. And it's such a nice place to be in life. You know, it doesn't matter whether you are rich or poor, we all can suffer. And love is something for free. Yeah. We all have the opportunity to have it. And just being a little yeah. kinder to each other, a little more understanding, a little talking. Everybody's got something going on. Everybody. And just to be a little a little kinder, a little patient, whether you're at a grocery and checking out and you don't feel some of the person that was ringing you up wasn't as nice or smiley as you wanted them to be or hope they would be, you don't know. They just might have, you know, the, the, you might have had a pet rabbit that died. You might have a family member that had a diagnosis. You just, you don't know. And we need you to just be, don't know. You don't know what the other person is going through. And, you know, you, you can remind yourself. I know that everybody's human. Everybody messes up sometimes. Everybody gets angry and misses their temper a little bit, you know. But you can come back from that. You don't need to stay in that. You can try. And actually, the thing is that if you keep on reminding yourself and thinking, actually, that person's really angry and really grumpy, maybe there's a reason to that. Maybe they're stuck somewhere that's not really nice. So if I'm nice to them, maybe they'll change that. And it does happen sometimes. Sure people turn nice. And, and, and it's like, well, you know, you don't meet their anger with anger. You meet it with something different. And if you're lucky, it changes into something nice. And it's nice for everybody. Grumpy, I always say, you know, anger, because anger just creates more anger. Everybody's running around. You know, it's like you have an argument with a bus driver. The bus driver then has an argument with the next passenger. The next passenger goes off to work and starts being grumpy. And it has this chain effect that comes out. You know, it's a ripple effect. Same thing is for kindness. It has the same thing. Actually, can I help you across the street? You drop this. Here you go. Your wallet fell on the floor. Those things also have a ripple effect. Oh, thank you. What can I do? You know what? Do something nice for somebody else. Or next time you're short of change and somebody's short of change and you have some change, return the favor to somebody else. Do that little act. And it makes such a difference. It makes such a difference. I, I, since you said that, Joanna, the... I, I was at a grocer, and this was decades ago, and the, there was a guy that, that worked there that was bagging or whatever, and uh, I was counting out my money. I should have thought more about it before. He came up and he said, can I help you? Do you need some money? I've never forgotten it. had the opportunity not too long ago to run into him. Again, this is a couple of decades ago. He's still working at that. And I told him, he, he remembered, but obviously not as I did. He said it was no big deal. He said it was to make the world to him. We get emotional. It was just the fact that here was a stranger that offered his help. Again, wasn't it, was it a big deal? No, I could, certainly didn't need everything that I had run up. I wasn't like short. I ended up working out okay. It was just, you know, that he was a stranger. It wasn't like... A friend of mine was there and said, hey, you know, what do you need? You know, and, and I remembered it, and I had the fortune, good experience to run into this guy and tell him how much I meant. And I 
because he was like, oh, it's no big deal. But let the world to me may not have been a big deal to you, but that kind of spoke words. And you are such a beautiful human. You are such a wonderful human. You are amazing. Talking about love, talking about grief so openly. Obviously, I love the book. Love is the gift supporting children through bereavement. But Joanna, can you just take a minute and talk a little bit about your website? Um, I think it's quite
nations of all sorts where everybody may be filled with happiness and love. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you. Thank I'm so glad we connected. And I'm okay. Thank you so much for having me. She's absolutely wonderful. And as I say, a gift to and for our world. That website is Recording Stop. Joanna P. A. Moore. M O O R E. dot com. Joanna P. A. Moore. dot com. Love is the gift. Supporting children through bereavement. As I said, I'm going to say once again, it's for everybody. Sometimes having that distance, that distance where it's not too close, that's going to drive you quickly to maybe some difficult emotions, which I think is wonderful because it gives you that uh, opportunity and, of course, the opportunity to discuss it with us. She had brought up so many thoughts of different songs. Uh, I was writing some words. Yvonne, give me your heart full while grief came riding. You became the bad seeds. Love is law by Graham Bond, which I think that's what I'm going to do. Wonderful talking with her about uh, my life there. It's always my question when I have someone from the UK or listen by if they're from Australia. You love it or hate it. Love is the law. Graham. Here it is. Graham. Why? I bet you that was the person who spoke the most. Thanks for bearing with me. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.